everyone, this is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of Irie Financial. Welcome to another episode of AdBits, where I will be sharing bits of knowledge about self-directed retirement. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. UBTI versus UDFI. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of AdBits. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. Unrelated business taxable income is probably the most misunderstood, if not least understood, term in the self-directed IRA tax dictionary. Um, it's a ugly four-letter word. U-B-T-I or U-B-I-T. Either way, it means, in essence, that if your IRA or 401k engages in a certain type of activity, it could trigger a special tax that can travel as high as 37% in 2021 on the unrelated business taxable income under Section 512 of the Internal Revenue Code. Now, here's the quick answer. UBTI versus UDFI. UDFI, which means unrelated debt finance income, is actually not a separate tax. There's no difference between UBTI and UDFI. UDFI is part of the UBTI tax. So when your IRA or 401k in certain instances uses debt finance property as part of a transaction, it will trigger UBTI. So in essence, using that debt finance property in a IRA or 401k transaction, but for an exception, is a unrelated debt finance income transaction, which in turn triggers the UBTI tax. So a lot of people think that UDFI is actually a separate and distinct tax from the UBTI tax. And I'm sorry for all these acronyms, UBTI and UDFI. Actually, all you need to remember is there's one tax. It's UBTI or UBIT, okay? It means the same thing. And if you use, if your IRA or 401k uses a debt financed acquisition using non-recourse loan to buy debt financed property, but for an exception, it will trigger the UBIT tax under Section 512, which can travel as high as 37%. So here's the core. There's basically three ways that you can trigger UBTI tax if you're an IRA or 401k, using margin to buy stocks or margin to buy cryptos. Number two, if you use a real estate transaction and use a non-recourse loan to buy real estate. And why do I say non-recourse loan? Because section 4975 of the Internal Revenue Code requires and basically does not allow you to personally guarantee an obligation of your retirement account. So that's why you can't use a traditional mortgage to buy real estate with a retirement account. It must be a non-recourse loan, a loan you do not personally guarantee. So if you use a non-recourse loan to buy real estate in an IRA, you will likely, and there's more than $1,000 of net income after you take into account your pro rata share of expenses like depreciation or debt servicing or deductions, there's more than $1,000 in net income, you will trigger the UBTI tax under section 512 you must file a 990T and your IRA or 401k will pay that tax. It's not a personal tax. It has nothing to do with your personal income tax return 1040. This has everything to do with your IRA or 401k triggering the UBTI rules. 
Now there's an exemption under 514C9. It allows a 401k to use a non-recourse loan to acquire debt financed property without triggering the 512 UBTI tax. That's a specific exemption for 401k plans. It does not apply to IRAs. So if an IRA uses unrelated debt financed income to acquire debt financed property, it's part of acquisition indebtedness, there's more than $1,000 in net income associated with that transaction after you take into account pro out of share of depreciation, deductions, and the like, then you or your IRA or 401k will be subject to the UBTI tax and be required to file Form 990T. It's generally due by April 15th. You can file an extension. Um, and the tax must come under the IRA or the 401k, respectively, not you personally. The third way to trigger the UBTI tax is if your IRA or 401k invests in an active trader business, like a restaurant or hotel or consulting company, through a pass-through entity, like an LLC. Now, you may be saying, I've said this repeatedly in various videos and podcasts, wait, I own Tesla, I own GE, I own X, Y, and Z public company. I've never heard of UBTI. Adam, what the hell happened here? Did I screw up? The answer is no. 99% of all public companies are C-corporations. So a C-corporation, think of it as a big box. It boxes in the income. It pays its own corporate level tax. And then whatever's left over is dividend back to the shareholders. The dividend is not subject to UBTI. So in other words, the corporation already pays its tax. So there's no need for the application of the UBTI tax because the income's already taxed. Now, on a side note, you may be saying, well, what is this UBTI tax? Like, why is it even here? Why should my IRA or 401k pay this extra tax if it uses margin to buy stock or a non-recourse loan to buy real estate or invests in an active business through a pass-through entity like an LLC? It doesn't make sense. It makes no rational purpose for having this tax. And, you know, honestly, I agree. I don't think IRAs or 401k should have to pay UBTI. Think about the words UBTI, unrelated business taxable income. The concept of UBTI was directly intended to apply to charities, like the Red Cross. You, you, you probably donate money to various charities, whether it's hospitals or schools or churches or, or the like. And you can understand what the term unrelated means, right? It's unrelated to an exempt purpose. So a gift shop in a hospital, or if a church sells um, cookies, or if a hospital has a parking um, lot where it, it makes money from selling parking spots. That is unrelated to its exempt purpose. And I guess you can make the argument that there should be tax on that income because it's not related to its exempt purpose, right? If you're a hospital and you make money selling pills or beds or, or surgeries, that makes sense, right? That's not unrelated to its exempt purpose. That is related to its exempt purpose and thus should not be taxed. But if you take into account a gift shop selling licorice or flowers or uh, soda, that is technically unrelated to its exempt purpose of being a hospital and caring for people. And that's why it's taxed. The concern is that pub companies like McDonald's, for example, would just set up a charity, call it the you know, McDonald's charity and sell all its hamburgers and french fries through the charity and never pay tax. So that's why they created this unrelated business taxable income to basically say, listen, you can have a charity, no problem. 
and your charity could have income. As long as it's related to its exempt purpose, that's good. And there's no tax on that income since the recipient of that income is a charity or tax exempt. Now, IRAs and 401ks are treated under the tax code very similar to charities. They're both 501 trusts. So unfortunately, the application of this UBTI tax applies to IRAs and 401ks, even though it does not have an exempt purpose, right? What's an exempt purpose of an IRA or 401k? To make money, right? It's not a hospital. It's not the Red Cross. It's not a church. So every activity technically is unrelated. So if you look at the code, essentially, if the income is not passive, so if it's not capital gains, if it's not interest, if it's not dividends, it's not royalties or rental income, it, and it's business income, like I said, income through a pass-through entity like an LLC or acquisition indebtedness, which is treated as business, then it's subject to this UBTI tax. So again, if your IRA invests in a publicly traded company, it's a C-Corp, and you generate capital gains or dividends, you're not going to be subject to UBTI. If your IRA or 401k investment generates interest or rental income, and there's no debt attached to it, it will not be subject to the UBTI tax. Now, if you have an IRA and you use a non-recourse loan to acquire real estate, that could trigger the UDFI, which in turn triggers the UBTI tax. So I know it's confusing, but just remember this. The most important thing of this podcast, forget about the four letters, UDFI, UBTI. Remember this. If you have an IRA or 401k and engages in these types of transactions, one, margin, to buy stocks or cryptos in an IRA or 401k. Two, an IRA or 401k invests in an active trader business like a restaurant through a pass-through entity like an LLC. Keyword pass-through. If it's a corporation, no worry about UBTI. Thirdly, if your IRA invests in a real estate transaction and there's non-recourse loan attached to that transaction, whether it owns a single family home or invests in a fund that has leverage associated with that fund and the fund's a pass-through entity, and the investment or investor is an IRA, not a 401k, who could avail itself of 514c9 of the tax code, then there could be the UBTI tax triggered by the UDFI if the net, net, net amount of the income associated with that real estate transaction is above the $1,000 threshold, taking into account pro rata share of deductions, depreciation, and the like. So that's the most important part of the podcast. Don't worry about oh, did I trigger UDFI? Is it UBTI? Think of UBTI as business income, right? So if it's passive, if you're generating rental income, royalties, dividends, capital gains, interest, you're not going to have UBTI. Again, you're only going to trigger this UBTI tax or UBIT tax, whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter. Section 512 tax. If you use margin by stock or cryptos or anything, you invest in an active trader business like a hotel, consulting company through a pass through entity, i.e. primarily LLC or partnership. Or thirdly, and I'm going to say IRA, investing in a real estate deal using non-recourse leverage. I say IRA because a 401k should take advantage of the exemption under 514c9 to circumvent the application of the UBTI tax on that unrelated debt finance income. So that's the most important part of this podcast. Don't worry about UBTI versus UDFI or UBIT versus UDFI. It's very confusing acronyms. It doesn't really mean anything. The most important thing is you don't want to do an investment that triggers the Section 512 UBTI tax. And if you do, you want to try to minimize it. So how do you minimize it? Well, a few ways. You can essentially 
convert an equity investment to debt, right? Instead of investing in a pass-through entity like a restaurant through an LLC, you can lend the money to the restaurant and get interest in return. Remember, interest is passive, not business income and exempt from UBTI. Now, obviously, interest is stated, so it doesn't have the upside of equity, right? If you invested money into uh, Tesla before it started, your upside is going to be way more if you lent Elon Musk the money, correct? Elon Musk would pay you a stated rate of return of interest, whereas your equity is obviously unlimited. The risks are higher if you do equity because clearly you can lose your money, whereas a loan, a little bit more conservative, uh, a little more stable because there is some rate of return, generally collateral, even though there are defaults, generally it's, it's more of a secure investment than just a pure equity investment where you have no guarantee of any return. Um, or, or secondly, you can use a blocker, right? What's a blocker? It's a C-Corp. That's why when you buy Tesla stock or Facebook stock, or Meta, whatever it's called now, you're not going to trigger UBTI because of that C-Corp. And again, remember, think of a C-Corp as a big box, square box. It boxes in all the income. So any net income is then dividend to the shareholder. And remember, dividends it's not passive income and it's exempt from the UBTI tax under Section 512. So that's how you can minimize it. Um, you can remove it by doing a loan versus an equity investment or minimize the application of the 37% maximum UBTI tax by setting up a C-Corp blocker, which will minimize the tax to current tax rate of 21%. So you're still going to pay some tax, but it's better than 37% because 21 is obviously less than 37 Although, that's it. That's all you need to know about UBTI versus UDFI. I call it an ugly four-letter word. It is. I can't tell you how many investors, how many people I spoke to over the years that said, oh man, Adam, I wish I knew about this UBTI tax. I did this investment. Whether And I, I actually screwed up myself. I did an oil and gas investment. Oh man. Like as a lawyer, before I started IRA Financial in mid-2000s, when oil and gas was hot, my financial advisor told me to do it. I did it through an IRA and no one told me, he didn't tell me that I was going to get hit with UBTI tax. Plus it's a bad investment for oil and gas because if you do it with personal funds, you can get a return of capital without tax. And, and there's some tax benefits for, for doing an oil and gas type deal from a deduction standpoint versus using an IRA and not being able to take advantage of that. But th that being set aside, I still have to pay the UBTI tax, which was a killer. So um, I, I experienced the pain of not knowing about UBTI. I don't want you to do that. And I can't tell you how many people I speak to that do a real estate deal in their IRA, whether it's acquisition indebtedness or invest in a hedge fund that uses uh, leverage or invest in a real estate fund that's a pastor entity with uh, leverage and they get hit with this UBTI tax and it turns a super, super, super attractive, successful investment into a nightmare because the investment would have triggered X percentage tax deferred or tax free if it was a Roth. And now it's subject to potentially 37% tax on the net amount. Um, yeah, um, I have some investors said, I'm fine with it. It was a great return. I'll live with it. Or, hey, I invested in a pass-through entity like a, an LLC as a startup. They gave me tax distributions to cover the UBTI tax. So yeah, it reduced my capital account or it reduces my ultimate payout from that business but I don't have to go out of pocket. My IRA or 401k did not have to go out of pocket to pay the UPTI tax because I got a tax distribution from the business and because I had phantom income. With phantom income, you're allocated profits from a business, but there's no corresponding cash distribution 
because the company wanted to take the extra cash and invest or reinvest into the business. So that's what phantom income is and a tax distribution, meaning the company sends you enough money to pay your tax would satisfy that. And in the case of the application of the UBTI tax, they would send you a tax distribution equal to 37% of the amount the IRA or 401k was allocated. Uh, so it'd be a little higher than the max of, of, of 35 or so. Um, you just need to talk to your investment sponsor or manager to let them know about potential application of the UBTI tax because tax distributions are generally sent at the highest um, or, or the most applicable tax rate. Um, that's it. That's that's the simple part. The key is is issue spotting. If you're doing a deal in IRA 401k, obviously primitive transaction is the first thing you should consider. Does it violate 4975? Is there self-dealing, conflict of interest? The next thing is, will it trigger this UBTI tax that can travel as high as 37%? If it does, can I minimize? If if I can't, do I just want to do it with personal non-IRA funds in order to um, circumvent the application of the tax. But um, that's it. It's all about issue spotting. You work with the experts to kind of help you um, navigate from that point. But the best thing for every IRA or 401k investor, and that's my passion and my job is to help you issue spot so you can at least see what's potentially on the horizon and then allow yourself to nimbly navigate those potential pitfalls so you can put yourself and your IRA or 401k in the best position it can to generate tax deferred or tax-free growth. So thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. Um, thanks for support. Uh, subscribe if you haven't already. And uh, I will talk to everyone again next week. Have a wonderful rest of your week.